This is episode number 34 with America's grittiest entrepreneur, veteran, and CEO of Grunt Style, Daniel Allen. Welcome to American Snippets, your source for inspirational, motivational, and selfless stories and interviews from exceptional people across the nation. And now, here's your host, Barb Allen and Dave Brown. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of American Snippets. This is Dave Brown, lifestyle entrepreneur, investor, coach, and co-host of the American Snippets podcast. Our goal each week is to bring you an inspiring story or exceptional person who is living, defending, or promoting the American dream. Each week, we spotlight individuals who are giving back both in business and in everyday life, and today's guest is no exception. If you feel like your patriotism has been held hostage by all the divisiveness and controversy we've seen in the past years, well, today's guest has got your back. Daniel Alaric is a drill sergeant turned entrepreneur on a mission to bring patriotism to every home in this country. His company, Grunt Style, is an unapologetically patriotic-packed buffet of products designed to display American pride. But Grunt Style is not just about products and sales. Although he's built a $100 million lifestyle brand, it's all about culture. Culture that inspires patriotism and defends the rights of every single American. So without further ado, here's Barbara Allen with Daniel Allery. Hi there. Welcome to American Snippets. I am your co-founder, Barb Allen. And those of you who listen in on our, to our show and follow us on our site, you know that we often talk about uh, patriotism and the American dream, what it means to us and what we hope that it comes to mean to people all across this country. It is uh, thanks to the service and dedication of our men and women in the military as well as our law enforcement and first responders, that we here have the freedom to live our lives secure in the knowledge that they all are watching over us. But what we see too often, especially with our military men and women, when they come home from the combat that they've given so much for, they often struggle overwhelmingly sometimes to make that transition from combat to the civilian world. And the country does seem to be paying more attention to this a very important issue now, but there's still so many day after day after day fall through and they never truly even get to experience that American dream, which they themselves and their families have given so much for. So while we are involved in all sorts of efforts to make sure that this gap closes to the extent that we can help it close, it does us such good and it is so refreshing to see when veterans do come back and are able to make that transition and are able to make that leap and do get to realize that American dream, which they've given so much for. Today's guest, uh, Daniel Alaric, is one of those success stories, hard-earned success stories, um, which is part of the beauty of the story, we think. Uh, he is an army sergeant, turn, army drill sergeant, turned entrepreneur, who started off with about a $1,200 stake and turned it into a $100 million business, which is really more of a culture that looks like so much fun to be a part of in terms of even working and being involved there. It's such an epic, unapologetically patriotic um, company and culture. He's got a mission to serve something bigger than himself while making every home in America a patriotic one. And we are so happy to have you here with us today. Well, thank you for having me on. This is great. I'm excited. Yeah, we are. We are too. I couldn't believe. I love it when I just randomly say, "I'm going to 
try this person and they get back to me. So cool. I think it's, it even says a lot about people themselves when you never, you know, you're, you get to where you are and you, you exemplify, you know, turning around to still pick up that phone and make the call. It's, it's cool. So let's start a little bit. We'll go, we'll go a little um, in order and then jump around a bit. Your military career. Tell us a little bit about that, um, what you did in the service. Um, well, sure. I joined right out of uh, high school. I didn't want to go to college. Uh, I wasn't a great student anyway, so it was probably for the best. I joined in uh, 2000 um, as, uh, into communications. Um, I deployed a couple times right after 9-11 uh, for about two years total. Uh, and, then, um, and then I switched over to infantry and then I uh, became a drill sergeant. For did that for about three years. And then I joined the Illinois National Guard after that. And I recently just got out. I'm actually still in the IRR. Um, I got a few weeks left in that, actually, I think. Um, I had a recruiter reach out to me the other week. He's like, hey, <laughs> he's going down his list. He's like, hey, you want to stay in? I'm like, uh, can I stay in the IRR? <laughs> um, but no, that's that's about it. That's about it. Was there any moment in your military career that has stuck with you that made a lasting impression on your life personally or professionally or something that you just carry with you today? All of it. I mean, you go anywhere from, you know, yeah. a lot of the great leaders, uh, regardless of what the rank was at that time, um, you know, leading by example uh, and, and people going out of their way trying to teach and mentor you. I mean, every generation of leaders uh, feels, you know, at least from my perspective, felt obligated to pass down that their, you know, decade or two decades worth of experience into you. Um, and that's, that's probably some of the greatest moments. And there's, there's a lot of them, you know, when I go out and speak and people are like, you know, what do you use from the military to, to help build your business? And there's no one thing. It's, it's a series of a lot of things that military arms with a lot of tools that you have in your, your tool belt, uh, when you're, when you're tra going into becoming a, a civilian. So when you got out of the full-time, you know, the military there, you did make that effort to conform to the civilian workforce and work for other people, but it I wasn't did. wasn't necessarily um, a good match for oh, you. Oh no, I got you know I got fired after six weeks at an office job. I yeah. I love that, and I'm a little on behalf of those who haven't served. I'm a little horrified at the story because you know it's not representative of of all of us, but it it does happen. So you, can you share that story a, a little bit? Because it's funny, even though it's painful to hear no, uh, I, on terms of being a civilian. I'm like, no, we're not all like that. But go. <laughs> you know, I was uh, working a desk yeah. job in yeah. a cubicle. Um, and all we were doing is uh, I would process, you know, something to do with logistics. Uh, and we'd ship medical equipment for GE all over the world. And I would transfer, uh, you know, I just type up the, you know, the whatever. I don't even remember what it was. But anyway, <laughs> So <laughs> we were just basically shipping these out and I would do all the, uh, the paperwork for it um, electronically and then the physical paperwork for it. And um, I'd get in at 7.30 and I would work my butt off as fast as I can. And usually I was done by like 9 or 9.30 in the morning. And then I'd go back to my boss. I'm like, all right, I'm ready for the next task. He's like, uh, you know, this is it. This is your job. I'm like, okay, give me something else to do. And he's like, no, you need to spread your workout a little bit more. And I'm like, I'll stack Crazy. boxes. I don't care. I'll do anything. Um, he's like, no, you need to learn how to pace yourself better. Um, and so I, uh, the next morning, you know, I brought in, a, uh, you know, I finished my work again and I started surfing the web. And he's like, hey, you can't do that. I'm like, give me something to do, man. I'm like, I'm done. I got, yeah. you know, six more hours in this job. And he's like, nope, can't do that. And so the next oh day I brought God. in a book. I can't do that either. 
Um, he did ask me, he's like, Hey, help me lose weight. Cause he was a little overweight, which was fine. And, and I, uh, used to be a personal trainer. I enjoy that stuff. Um, but unfortunately I, I, uh, I kind of went the drill sergeant route, um, which <laughs> wasn't appreciated. Uh, um, and then one, I forget what day of the week it was. I got a phone call and they said, Hey, don't come in tomorrow. Um, you're no longer needed here. You're, and I'm like, Oh really? Why? I'm like, I thought I was working hard. They're like, Hey, you're just not a good culture fit. Oh, wow. So, so they like, actually okay. said that to you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they may not use that exact word. They yeah, said, yeah. you're, you're just not a good fit for yeah. what we're looking for. I'm right. Like, okay. Wow. You know, and I didn't, I didn't even mm. like the job, but it, right. you still have a sense of rejection. I'm like, was my work not good enough? Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I'm happy to see you appear to have gotten over that calamity yeah. there, that, <laughs> that major yeah. disappointment, you know, in your life. Um, you have a, a lot going on there at Grunt Style. I mean, I couldn't even, I'm sure I didn't even find everything even when I was digging through. I mean, from your products to your events to your, um, you know, the interviews that you all do out there, you're out there in the community, you're outspoken, you have a fitness app. I mean, starting at the beginning, you, you worked hard to grow this company. It didn't just happen overnight. You risked everything and almost lost it. You and your wife working together, right? Yep. Yeah. Which is one of the yeah. things that I think is the coolest because it is amazing what you can do when you have that partner there working with you when you both believe because it takes a lot of dedication and sacrifice and your time away from what would normally be like customary dinner hours and all that and if you don't have that partner that understands and believes and it wants it as much as you do you know it's it's challenging so um tell us a little bit and i know you've told the story a bunch of times but um, probably a lot of our listeners haven't heard it that story which is funny now, but probably wasn't then about the billboard that you invested in. Cause it's so symbolic of when, when people decide, Hey, I'm going to go all in and like, I have this great idea and then maybe it doesn't work, but then they just give up. Wow. Where did you find that story? That's got to be buried somewhere. It's not buried. Uh, it actually went anytime you find something about you, you find the billboard story. It's there. Really? Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> no. So, uh, starting in, uh, in business, I was in Fort Benning, Georgia, yeah. and uh, that's where I was a drill sergeant at. And, um, I had this brilliant idea of, you know, let's put a billboard with our website on it, uh, on the, on one of the first, um, billboards before you go into the base and there's graduations almost, you know, definitely every single week, tens of thousands of people are going through here, you know, every single month and I'm like, no brainer. So yeah. we, uh, we, I took all of our marketing money, which, uh, I didn't even know how to budget for it. Um, and we put it, invest in this billboard. It was like $600 to build it and then a thousand dollars a month to maintain it. And, uh, absolutely no return whatsoever. And it nearly bankrupt us. And I, I remember at one point I was six months behind on paying something as small as a thousand dollars a month. Mm -hmm. it, it nearly ruined us. And I'm on the phone every other day with them. Like, Hey, I'm trying you know, we're going to, we're going to pay this bill, et cetera. You know, it was, it was really, really tough, but I just didn't know what I was doing. And, yeah. you know, it, and it's so common that things that when you're getting into business, you think, oh, well, of course this makes sense. Why wouldn't we do this? But, you know, once you have the experience, you're like, Ooh, don't do that. That, that doesn't work. <laughs> but that's what experience yeah. is. is yeah. you, you had those knots on your head of, well, that's, that's dumb. Don't do that. Um, and it's how many times do you uh, suffer that pain before you realize, well, I'm not going to keep doing going through door number two. Let's try door number three. Right. So but instead of just taking that and giving up and saying, I suck at this, I'll never make it happen. 
And you just sort of doubled down and said, well, that did suck, but we're going to, we're going to keep going. Yeah. I mean, you can call it, maybe I was dumb. I don't know, but, uh, you know, business, just like most things uh, that are hard to do that you don't have the experience uh, in doing is like going through a maze, right? You're the rat in the maze. And as long as you understand that you went through a dead end and you don't go through that dead end again, you you can find a different way. And you're going to probably go through another dead end. But as long as you don't keep going through the same dead end, you're eventually going to get out. Yep. That's the plan anyway. Um, Some people get stuck, but it happens. If you're stuck, (laughs) Because you stayed in a dead end yes. or you keep going yeah. down, down the same one. Yep. So uh, you have uh, you have just not just veterans working for you. You have veterans and civilians. How do you mm-hmm. find or do you even find anything notable about how they blend together? You know, does, do they learn from each other? Do they have you know conflicts from each other? You know, how is it? Because that's one of the things that I know a lot of a lot of veterans also struggle with is having civilians relate to them. And civilians too, they they have some misperceptions about veterans, uh, combat veterans in particular. And I hear it all the time. And, and I see it professionally in my work. And people come in and say, well, so-and-so said this about me. They think that. So how does that work in your company? Do they, do you kind of elevate each other? Does it work we sell, for you? We celebrate together. Everything we do, yeah. we do it together. So we don't like to discriminate, um, you know, a, you're not a vet, so you can't participate. Right. I mean, outside of the Marine Corps birthday, they take that very serious for some yes. reason. Yes, they uh, do. <laughs> They're like crazy about that. Like, yeah. But in most work yeah. environments, you're, yeah. uh, if you're the vet, you could be, you're the veteran in the company, right? Okay. You have a hundred people, you're the veteran. That's it. Um, maybe you might come across another one, but in our company, it's different. It, yeah. It's, it's, um, at any given time, you know, and we'll fluctuate, but it's about half of us are vets. So, uh, if you're the civilian, we're, we're using lingo and jargon all day long that you got to keep up and maintain. Um, so yes, we hire a lot of business professionals that have no military experience. We get to learn from them. And then we have a lot of military members who have a lot of strong leadership and work ethic and, um, different type of uh, experiences. And it kind of meshes together. Together for, for what we are. So we're a very militaristic culture, um, but it's it's not so centric where it, it ostracizes any other or you know any other community or group. So you say that and it sounds so seamless and easy, and I just want to yeah. make sure you know that's <laughs> something to be congratulated for. Yeah, I know, but you know, when when you're able to say it so neatly, it does sound so easy. Um so good good for all of you for making that happen because I know that that is one of the major impediments to veterans coming back and assimilating is finding that balance and that harmony with, you know, with the civilian population who hasn't served and doesn't understand what they've been through. So it's a fine line to walk. And it seems like that's something that you all there have accomplished well, pretty it's, well. It's not, like a good template. Not, I can only make so much impact on the culture. I mean, right. uh, anyway, you, you can't, like you see CEOs come and go all the time yeah. and you'll have, sometimes you'll have a new CEO come in real brash and young and he's like, we're going to change the culture and blah, blah, blah. You know, the CEO really doesn't impact the culture as much as, you know, everyone likes to think it's, it's your team. The team uh, impacts the culture. So what the CEO can do is it can nudge it in a direction or one or the other, and it can either make it very restrictive or very open, but allowing it to be open and nudging it into a direction, your team has full control 
uh, of the uh, uh, of the culture. So when I hear a story about someone saying, "Hey, we have an employee um, that was, you know, had severe TBI or PTSD, and um, they were struggling at work, so we took him to the VA hospital. We're gonna put him up in this hotel or send him for two weeks at this uh, veteran retreat or whatever." The word I get, it's not, "Hey, Dan, is this okay?" It's, "This is what we did. We're just letting you know." That's there. That's the culture. Yeah, that's. That's extraordinary. That's so cool. And again, something to be another thing to be proud of, you know, within your community to have any workforce. I just left a a job that we had like six people in the office and there was rarely harmony in that office. So, you know, it's just not an easy task to accomplish. Um, Your son is a big part of what you do. I, you know, hop on your Facebook page and there's all sorts of, I'm a mom, I have four boys, right? So, you know, you're kind of drawn to- For you. <laughs> I know it's quite the adventure. Um, and they just get, well, you're one of them, but you all just get grosser as you get bigger, I think, and weirder, but, but it's good. It's and fun. It doesn't change as you no, no, a- it doesn't change, but it keeps me, so keeps, keeps five me humble. Children, five boys. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. It just keeps me humble. Um, but he was, I watched when you opened your alpha outpost box. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about what that is. And he was hysterical by the way, doing that. The yeah, that was all up with you. Yeah, he yeah, was like, that was great. Uh, he likes watching YouTube and, yeah, yeah. you know, he likes science <laughs> shows and uh, geography shows on YouTube. And yeah. he also likes unboxing for like electronics and stuff yeah. like that. And he, uh, he has this little camera and he's like, Hey, can we practice doing an unboxing? I'm like, you want to do a real one? He's like, okay. So I had the my Alpha Outpost uh, package, <laughs> which is our, uh, you know, yeah. box of the month club or gear of the month. Um, you can check it out at alphaoutpost.com. And, but I get the package. I don't know what's exactly in all the packages and I keep it that way. Just like club grunt style. I don't know what the shirt of the month is. You know, I, easily I can, I go and inspect uh, things all the time and I get to see that things are working on, but I really like the surprise of it. I want the same customer experience. You know, I trust the team that they're going to do a great job and they always impress me. So I'm like, Ethan, let's do a real one. So we set up a little camera and he, he went through it. I mean, it was, it was, the whole thing was rehearsed, as you can tell. <laughs> it was so cute. He's like, add a lot, a lot, a lot of calories. And that's you. I was dying. I'm like, because that is just priceless children. I, I get the same stuff from my kids, but it was, it was adorable. Tell us a little bit about, uh, about the Alpha Outpost and the, and the different products you have. Cause I was scrolling through that. That's another, it's just such a cool, thing that you guys managed to do. It looks so professional and so creative. I don't know how you bring it in to where it's only like 40 bucks a month for people. Right? It seems like an insane value that that you're getting for $40 a month. Yeah. You know, we, we used to, Alpha Outpost was a very interesting business learning experience because we were already, you know, very successful with Grunt Style and that was growing very quickly. And uh, we're like, well, we can I mean, we already know business. We'll launch this. There'll be no problem, right? <laughs> and absolutely untrue whatsoever. Yeah. It was almost like you're starting over. And it, which, in fact, we were. Right. Um, so we had a, a lot of learned lessons uh, from you know the presentation and the pricing. So one thing we used to do is, hey, we'll guarantee you it's double the value um, every single box. And you open up the you open up the box. And it still appears to be true, but then you always have bargain hunters like, well, I found this on eBay used for this price. And they're always, yeah. and, and yeah. so we're like, you know what, let's take that out of it. We don't want to turn up debate in it. You know, it's good value. And we only, we're only going to look for customers that appreciate that. They just want to use the stuff. So right. if you think about it, what we do is it's almost like a, a discount club where, you know, because we have such a, a, a large membership base, we can go out straight to the factory and say, hey, listen, we're going to buy this many, you know, 
camelbacks or personal hydration systems or or uh, knives or flashlights or, or water buckets, whatever, and uh, or sleeping bags in some cases, because we're ordering such a large amount that that discount price goes straight to the consumer. And because we're ordering a nearly exact amount, we don't need to pad the prices uh, heavy for inventory. Because we don't, we we have some inventory for you know replacements and whatnot, right. but nothing significant. So speaking of replacements, this is one of the things I think I first noticed when I found you all before. Your beer guarantee is just just funny, and I think that's one thing I really too. In your company, you're just people about it. You know, you're doing so successful, but you just you know you don't hide your humanity, right? So the beer guarantee, what is that? And do you have any funny stories that you remember? Because it says awesome stories. You know, welcome. Do people actually send you their return stories? Uh, yes, uh, we've had a, a few that are, are just absolutely, you know, hilarious. Some of them are really cool. Some of them are like uh, pretty sad. But um, <laughs> so the beer guarantee um, came across. I was reading this yeah. book uh, called Purple Cow. Um, good book. It's pretty popular. Um, but I was just getting the business. So I used to read a lot. And I still do to this day, you know. Um, so I still read about, you know, two to four books a month on business. Um, but so I read this book about how to stand out. And I'm like, well, you know, I think our crowd likes beer. Let's call it the beer guarantee. And the way we present it is we wanted to describe what it means. So our our return policy is so good that you can spill beer on your shirt at a party, stain it, send it back, and we'll replace it for you. Um, that's how open it is. And the, the idea was, hey, you can trust us with the product because if you don't like it, even if you just stained it, you can still send it back. Not There's no 30-day window with the receipts and it has to be under these clauses. No, no, no. Just make it super simple. Uh, and, you know, we put a stipulation in there. If you try to game the system, we can we reserve the right to pull you from it. But out of the tens of thousands of people who have used the beer guarantee, uh, we've had maybe two issues of, you know, people trying to fraud us. But, you know, it's it's very rare. We want people to use it. We encourage people to use it. Um, so, so we've had some people send back. 30 shirts at a time. And, you know, I'll get, you know, I'll get, a, they used to call me about it. Like, Dan, can we return this? This is a lot. I'm like, yeah, that's a great customer. You replace it. We want his business. <laughs> yeah. um, but so one story I remember, I remember two particular stories that okay. were pretty interesting. One of them was uh, this guy, he said, uh, um, um, he, he was walking by and this American flag was dangling. So he took off his grunt style shirt, tore it into strips what? and then anchored it back down. And uh, he's like, I'm sorry, I don't have anything to return. But he showed us a picture and we're like, oh, yeah, hook this guy up. <laughs> um, uh, That's another, cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another case is we've had several uh, um, uh, duty officers um, said that, you know, or EMS professionals yeah. saying that, hey, I was working on a, a victim and I got blood all over it. You know, we're like, absolutely. Hey, great job. Let's let's take care of you. Um, a lot of people during the hurricane uh, in oh, hur sure. hurricane Harvey, yeah, they said, I don't have anything to return. But we're like, no problem. We looked up their order history and we're like, here, here's a credit for X amount. Wow, that's amazing. See, and that's another thing that um, is is very solid. You know, not not a lot of companies really stand by their policies like that and that you do yeah. that is another LLB thing that sets you apart. LLB just got rid of theirs. Yeah. Well. You know, they're LLB, right? <laughs> so, um, so what is, where am I? You had a Super Bowl commercial that obviously that didn't actually air in the Super Bowl, but where, where did that come from? Cause it is, it is a pretty powerful commercial. You know, who, who was behind that? Why'd you start well, it? 
It was meant Wait. to be played on the Super Bowl, and it was up to the Tuesday of that week of the Super Bowl when uh, we were still negotiating with NBC uh, to get the numbers to work. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, I, I I won't bet the farm, uh, you know, for an opportunity. Uh, you know, we take a lot of risk, but you don't risk your core um, business. So right. that was just the situation we're in. So although we could do it, it, it was it was a high risk move. So we steered from it, but, um, you but learned from the billboard. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Um, <laughs> don't bet the farm. um but, uh, it was a collective group. I mean, the original commercial idea was completely different. And then we started throwing ideas back and forth. And then we met with our partners in Hollywood and we were brainstorming and it was just a, a group. We had a great team. We worked with our, our, uh, media partners, uh, Musa media, um, their leader, Brian Chung, uh, and, uh, Greg, did a phenomenal job putting a good, solid team together. I mean, it was very, very well produced. We were with them through the entire filming process, um, and they did. They're they're great. We've used them for our first commercial. We'll definitely use them again for our next commercial. Great team to work with. Nice. So you have a lot of events on your calendar. It looks like you guys are hopping all over the place. You want to tell us a little bit about some of those events and maybe one of your biggest. Events? Sure. Absolutely. So we have over 200 events scheduled this year alone. And the Crazy. whole reason why we wanted to get into events is because we're very digital, right? Everything's online, social media, email, yeah. website, whatever. Um, and we don't have physical stores. Now we sell in about 1100 stores or so right now. Um, and, but we still don't, we don't have that physical relationship with the customer, which we want. So to us, events made sense. Uh, let's go out there you know, see if we can get our, our fans there. They can bring their friends and we'll go out physically make those connections and build that relationship. Um, so that <clears throat> we've done a, some small events before, but the really the big one that kicked it off was grunt fest and our yeah. first grunt fest, we had barely had over a hundred people there. Um, and this is, and it was a big deal. I mean, there was 400 people there, but only a hundred of them were, were there <laughs> for the actual event. The yeah. other 300 of them are just there. Yeah. Um, and now it's turned into, um, you know, instead of just an annual celebration, now it's turned into something pretty big. Our next one is April 7th. It's here in San Antonio at uh, Cowboys Stadium. Um, and we're, we've already, with the tickets, it's sold. And it's February. We've sold more yeah. tickets for this Grunt Fest than any of our Grunt Fests already. And we still awesome. have plenty of time. Yeah, uh, it's it's going to be, you know, maybe four, five, six thousand people showing up, which is the limit. They can't hold more than that. <laughs> okay. Well, that's, that's a good limit to have that. So tell what, tell everyone what the grunt fest is, what it does, what the purpose is. And well, what happens what started out as like a wild, crazy beach party, Friday right? Night, we yeah. had our first grunt fest, it was, it was a little bit cruder and, you know, we've evolved <laughs> as a brand and, you know, yeah. uh, you know, again, with the experience. So the first one we did, it was a bikini contest nice. and <laughs> bar drink beer package. Right. Dudes. Um, and yeah. then we had DJ play and, uh, you know, but, uh, now it's evolved into basically a carnival about everything that we do. Um, we have we bring a lot of our VIPs and celebrities out. So the idea is we have all these stations around um, uh, the field or stadium or wherever we're at. And so if you go to the Alpha Outpost booth and once you're in, there's nothing costs money except for if you want to buy more drinks. Um, you can go if you go to the Alpha Outpost booth, um, they'll have like an axe throwing or a, uh, a competition or a uh, 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 not uh, was a crossbow competition. Our club grunt style tent, 
uh, would have like a beer pong tournament and everything's just casual and fun. Our motorsports division, they brought out this um, this huge monster truck and you can go in and take pictures with it. And then they had this tricycle race, which was really funny to see a lot of these grown adults. Um, it's a very adult party, but, uh, you know, <laughs> racing around drinking while doing this tricycle race. Um, you know, it's all sorts of these things, you know, and you get to, you know, uh, we had, a, a one of the largest inflatable obstacle courses out there and you would compete with some of our celebrities, um, the idea, and we bring all our VIPs out there, our UFC fighters, our NASCAR driver, et cetera, and they don't stay behind a VIP booth and say, hey, we're back here. Yeah. They they have to go and mingle, take pictures, walk around. Um, it, it's fun. The, you know, awesome. I don't want to – although we have a concert at these um, you know, in the evening, um, it's you get the chance to go meet. There is no – you know, because you just paid for a general mission ticket, you only get to see them from afar. We want you to have the opportunity to go meet them. Yeah. Awesome. So do those people, do some of them donate their times, those celebrities and VIPs do, are there some of them that donate their time to come that just stop in or? Uh, no, we, these are all people that we work with on a regular basis. So uh -huh. like our NASCAR driver, we have our own, we have the grunt style NASCAR. Okay. Um, Got a big logo of all over it. Of course you do. That was it. Just take that question back. I should have I just known no, that. Of course you do. All these guys are under contract with, but we work with people we really like. We yeah. turn down people that are like, we don't want to work with you because you are difficult. We want someone who's excited to right. go meet our fans. Yeah. Our fans pay our bills. They pay their bills. You know, yeah. but I want our fans to say, I got to party with a NASCAR driver. Here's a picture. I got to party with this music musician. Here's a picture, et cetera. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So you have one of your new products, newer products is bourbon, America bourbon, right? Delicious. How, yeah, I know. You know what? I'm not a bourbon drinker, but now I've been seeing so much of the America bourbon. I feel like it's going to be in my future at some point. We're going to start <laughs> start drinking it because you got to. I mean, just the name itself. It was genius. Just a fun name to say, right? And who doesn't want it? It's a great gift idea, too. Like, go ahead. I'm going to give you some America. You know, it's great. Where <laughs> Where did that come from? And can you America, can you somehow do that with tequila? Cause it's so much better than bourbon. Oh, but, I uh, <laughs> well, that's okay. You don't have to be right about everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it actually, um, the, it, this is, this is the true story, but yeah. it's, it's not sexy. Um, but All right. uh, it's, uh, we had a Marine Corps veteran, uh, buddy of ours came to us. He's like, I've been in the liquor industry for 10 years. I know distribution, manufacturing, et cetera. I got this great brand I want to launch. The hardest thing about spirits, is, you know, even even beer and wine is getting it, um, making it famous, getting it popular, letting people know about it. He's like, you guys are some of the best marketers um, in digital media and you have the right audience for it. Can we partner on this brand? And so uh, I looked at it and I'm like, well, I don't like bourbon. Um, I don't like whiskey. I want to. It's very American, but it tastes like brown battery acid to me. It's 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 awful. I like vodka a lot. Um, so, um, it, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Anyway, I like uh, tequila. We're we're guilty. Go ahead. Okay. Good. So so I said, here's the deal. You know, being authentic yeah. is a big part of our brand. Um, right. If I like the flavor, um, then we'll promote it. But I don't like I don't like bourbon. I'm letting you know right now. He's like, no problem. So we spent six months back and forth working on this flavor and we nailed it. It's delicious. Most bourbon and whiskey, you have to be about four or five fingers in to numb your mouth enough just yeah, yeah. to 
you to drink it. But with this, this is a it has a such a, a smooth yet sweet with a little bit of kick flavor to it. You can drive home on a long Friday night, sit in your car and say, I can't wait to take that first sip. All right, if you say so. So where can people go buy that? Um, we sell in 42 states. Uh, there's, uh, we have some good distribution. It's only been out for six months. Um, but if you're in Texas, we're in every specs statewide. We're in all the binnies in Illinois and we're in a number of other states. But if you just want to go get a bottle delivered to your house, we can do that in almost every state. Just go to americabourbon.com. Nice. We'll be, um, I'll be in Texas in May. I'll be, I'll see you at the TEDx talk I hear. I Wonderful. saw that you're doing that. So I'll pick up a bottle. Maybe I'll pick up a bottle there and I'll have you do a shot with me, right? There we go. We'll, we'll do it right before we go and speak. Oh, that's perfect. That's, that's how I do my best talks sometimes. There you go. Uh, okay. So where can people find out more about Grunt Style? About, you, I mean, you, there's way more, but I could keep you here all day if I had you go. You have a fitness app. I mean, you have events, you have products. Your fitness app looks so cool too. Um, do you want to talk about that quickly before we go or you got to go? Uh, no, I'm okay. okay. I've got a few minutes. Um, okay. So the fitness app, again, huge learning curve. We yeah. um, The idea was if we create a really, really good fitness app, one, we're attra- we, we are engaging with an audience we want to talk to, which is fitness. Fitness is important to us. Right. Um, and if we make it free, we can get a bigger audience. And the idea is get a hold of that audience outside of social media, make it engaging, show them that, hey, we're, we're putting something forward. Here's a free tool that you could use. Big learning curve again. You know, we've never developed an app outside of our, our Grunt Style app, which is basically a, a, an app for a store. Um, so we're learning all the dynamics. We uh, we partnered with a, a developer that did a lot of overseas work, which we didn't know at the time until we started getting into it. Um, huge disaster. Uh, but, uh, you know, learning curve for us. So now we're partnering with another firm to bring in more developers in-house that we have that are on our payroll. And we're working with a local firm in San Antonio um, that all their developers are in the city. A lot of them are vets as well. Great group. Um, but uh, yeah, our job was we focus on making one or two things really, really good. And then we can worry about everything else later. Nice. All right. Last two questions, which we try to ask everyone. I almost forgot. Um, and especially you, this will be an interesting answer because we here, we talk a lot about patriotism. It's important to us for a lot of reasons. Um, and it's obviously something that's important to you all. We have our own idea of what patriotism means to us, but what does it mean to you? Patriotism to me, me is, is like, um, and neither of us have this, but it's like having a daughter. <laughs> right? I have a stepdaughter now. So that's, oh, like, there you go. Yes. Perfect. So it's like having a daughter, right? Yeah. Um, you, uh, you love her. You try to help her do the right thing. You try to steer in the direction. She's going to make some mistakes. And if anyone messes with her, you're going to wreck their world. Nice. I think that honestly is the coolest answer I've ever heard. That's can't wait to, to hear that later. Okay. Um, Les, if there was somebody in the world that you could call up today and meet, someone you haven't met yet, just pick up the phone and that person be here today and you get to meet them, hang out with them, who would it be? Why? Uh, I'd say there's a there's a couple people. I I, I like Elon Musk. I think he's fascinating, um, you know, with how, how far out he likes to think. Um, you know, uh, I like Michael Dell, he, he, you know, for having privately held companies. 
Um, you know, he does such a phenomenal job and they're very, they're both very, very patriotic in their own ways as well. Um, very pro military. Um, and you know, that, that can mean a lot to a lot of different people, but they, I know they both have really strong military hiring initiatives. Um, they try to keep that core center. Even, uh, Jeff Bezos and Amazon does that. Um, it's, yeah. it's fascinating. I'd love to sit down and have lunch with either of those guys. All right. Put it on your list, man. Um, and then if you could go back in time to your 22 year old self, what would you, what advice would you have for that? Daniel Alaric, age 22. I wouldn't say a word. I said, go, go get dirty. <laughs> awesome. Love it. Thank you so much for being here today. We are going to add links to all of your sites and let everybody know where they can find you and, awesome. uh, and we'll follow up and keep, keep popping this up so people don't lose, don't lose touch with you. But thank you Wonderful. so much for taking the time to, to share your story with us today. It was great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. All right, everyone, that wraps up another episode of American Snippets. Thank you so much for joining us on today's show. Also want to personally thank Daniel Alaric for being here as well. Look, if you got some value out of today's episode, please share this with a friend. Tell a friend. Uh, share this on, on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Let us know what you thought. Uh, make sure you tag us at American Snippets. You can also tag Daniel Alaric uh, at Grunt Style. Uh, also, be sure to check out the full interview uh, video that we did um, on our website. Also, Barbara always puts together an amazing piece, a featured article on our guests. Uh, and you can also discover ways that you can follow and stay connected with Daniel Alaric and Grunt Style. And you can do all those things uh, by going to americansnippets.com forward slash zero three four. So if you enjoyed the show, you got some value out of this content, or maybe a past episode has impacted you somehow, like last week we interviewed Sean Stevenson, episode number 33. I highly encourage you to go back and, and tune into that episode. Sean is a giant of a man. He's inspiring millions of people across the globe. So if you've gotten value out of folks like, like Sean, today's guest, Daniel Alaric, uh, then we just ask you for your continued support. We're looking to spread our message of positivity and patriotism across this country. So please support us in this mission simply by subscribing on iTunes or on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a review. Tell us what you think. Share it with a friend. You know, Tell someone uh, what we're doing here. The more subscribers, listeners, and reviews we get, the more exposure we can provide for our stories and the guests that we have on the show. Finally, don't just be inspired or entertained by the guests that we have here, let their stories ignite you into action in your own life. All right. That's all I got. Appreciate you all being here. This is American Snippets. We are living, defending, and promoting the American dream. Now go out there and show the world how exceptional you truly are. We'll see you next time. 